Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points podcast. It is a Wednesday morning. Cousin Sal here, spaghetti and meatballs behind the glass, baby facial Solomon producing this, and we have Texas legend, the Grizz, joining us. And as always, my dear, dear pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss, who just had a, just had a mishap spilled um, and broke a glass of water. I don't know if that's good or bad luck. In the Jewish faith, I think you would say Mazel Tov, but when you're starting a podcast, I'm not sure that's a, a good sign. Is he even on? Is Martin on? I guess not. Oh, John, oh, John McClain, okay. he's hiding in the bathroom from uh, Sal the terrorist right now. Shoot no. the glass. I'm here. Step on the glass all over. Are you all right? That's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm really just trying to make sure that I have got, gotten all the little pieces of glass up right now. Because if I get up and step on a piece of glass, I'm going to be pissed. All right. Gonna, well, that's going to really suck. Let's get it together. Yeah, don't step on glass. Uh, we have Ricky Williams coming on. Legendary. Texas Longhorn running back. Heisman Trophy winner. What more can you say about Ricky Williams? And now, Former surprisingly enough, Saints. Saints. That's right. Your guy. Dolphins. Um, now he is... I don't know. He's into the cannabis thing. He's going to talk to us about that. He's got a new. Now he is. I yeah, think yeah. he was. I think he has been for quite some no, time. Right? No, this is something he's just taken up. Oh, no. okay. Yeah, he was a big he would do like whippets and stuff. But I don't, I don't think he ever partook in the marijuana. But no, his, he's the founder of a company called Heisman. Pretty clever. H-I-G-H-S-M-A-N. He's going to talk to us all about it there. FanDuel.com slash Extra Points. That's where all your gambling needs are taken care of. Also, check out our Extra Points Arcade, ExtraPoints.com slash Arcade. Last week's winner is Major League Baseball LCS winner, Brian Ross. Eight right, narrowly beat our very own Jen Piacenti. NFL prop quiz, Isabaka, seven right. College pick'em, Jeffrey Petrello, took home a prize with 14 right. And then in the NFL pick'em, Matthew Cohn, Patrick McKiernan, Dan Phoenix, Fred Biondo, Jordan Dodge, Nick Alwis, all tied with 10. We'll go to a tiebreaker. Yes, we will have a tiebreaker this week. All the regular names. You know these people. Serge Ibaka's brother, you mentioned, I think, (laughs) if I heard that correctly. And also a shout-out to Eddie Spaghetti. Didn't Spaghetti win among the the staff this past week? How many did you get right there, Eddie Spaghetti? What would you do, Spaghetti? Toby told me I think I was one off from being the the, the solo winner. So I, I whatever. Really? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm shaking off like the the Harry bad juju, and I'm probably back on track here. So I'm quite <laughs> I'm quite pleased. All right. Well, that's good. So like wait, I said, go ahead. You were one happened? off from being the winner. So was it you tied? You tied for second place, or tied for first? Like you tied with somebody, or you got second place? Tied I'm for not, second, right? Second. Yeah, that's what Toby said. Okay. Yeah. One off would mean he's in the but yeah underneath. Up, uh, looking up here. All right, Major League Baseball, game one. Braves beat up on the Astros at home at the Jukes box. Six to two was the final. Jorge Soler leads off with a home run, uh, which is good news for our friend um, Sarah Tiana. I offered her a free bet on MVP for the World Series. She picked Soler 33 to one. She's going to get 1650 back if Soler keeps up. I don't know how she knew he was leading off. That was a that was I mean, it wouldn't be 33 to one if he was leading off every game. But um, I don't know. Kind of lackluster. Charlie Morton check breaks his leg on a comeback or up the middle, fractures his fibula and then goes on to throw like 10 more pitches. What goes at like 96 miles an hour? Very strange that that first broke his leg. And secondly, that he was able to pitch on it. 
Are we supposed to celebrate this as a baseball player, or does this reveal the fact that uh, further reveal that maybe baseball doesn't require a great deal of athleticism? Oh, I, I don't know how oh, to take it. What a, oh, what I a, know it's Jack Youngblood. I'm just uh, I'm just jiving. That was uh, remarkable stuff. Did his leg? Literally, was it one of those ones like Dak or any number of other guys? Did his leg actually break visibly? Could you see? No, I don't think so. It seemed like on the last pitch, you could almost see the fibula break in the in the wrong direction. Either way, remarkable stuff in, like you say, an otherwise tepid game one of a tepid World Series. I I hate to I hate to uh, be a downer, but. I mean, one team is universally hated outside of the Houston area, mm-hmm. and the other one, everybody kind of shoulder shrugs at. Not the uh, greatest fall classic in history. No, for sure, no. And as a Mets fan, I can't really root for the Braves, as that leaves me the Astros, and that that's garbage, too, or garbage can, if you will. But the, back to the Charlie Morton thing. I know you were kidding around, but um, if he could still throw 96 on a broken leg... Could they get a couple innings out of him Sunday and then make this surgery an off-season thing? I don't know. Isn't that just the thing? Getting in, tape them in up there? real good. Put some ice on it. Yeah. If it's not going to further damage it, I'm not sure. I don't know uh, a lot about this broken leg thing, but I can't imagine. See, you know what though? I've always questioned that. Whenever you hear they, you hear it all the time on TV. They'll say, "Well, he can't hurt it any worse." Mm-hmm. How? How can he not hurt it any worse? He broke his leg. So he's going to try to run around on a broken leg. Like he, I mean, obviously you can't break the leg any worse, but what right. about the knee? What about the hip? And I just I just found it incredible to see a guy like – I just after, – especially after tracking out Altuve, like mm-hmm. that was just – I don't know. That's kind of like – not to be like ridiculous, but that's part of the reason why I love watching sports is to see like I'll people say this overcome about things it. like that. That's right, and I think that my hunch is going forward here that it's a it feels like a practical loss, obviously, top of the rotation guy and all that. But it reminds me of, and it, it summons for everybody, like I mentioned, Jack Youngblood or whatever your point of reference is for great, uh, great feats while um, severely injured in sports history. But I think the, the best comp is 1988, Kirk Gibson. Sure. Only played in game one. People forget that for the Dodgers. Hit that home run, and that galvanized them. Um, and they went on to sweep the series. I think that the Braves are going to make quick work of the Astros, mm. relatively speaking. And I think they get game two, speaking of which. Interesting. All right. Well, I was going to say, I'm taking the Astros in game two, six mm. to five in extra innings, I'm going to say. Jose or Creedy, I, I know. You know what? If, with McCullers out and Valdez, if he's off, this is one of the worst. I know I've qualified it a lot, but this could be top to bottom one of the worst postseason rotations in recent memory so it's Urquidy against uh, Max Freed Urquidy's last out outing gave up five earned runs against the Red Sox Freed's been pretty good 378 in uh, three starts in the playoffs but I'll take the Astros in a must it really is a must win I think Jack otherwise you're right they make short work uh, 6-5, though, I'm saying they even things. Well, like. it is, you know what, it, it uh, the one, the series I always think about is it feels, you say, must win. When you win the first two on the road, the Braves obviously tracking in that direction with Freed mm-hmm. on the hump for them. I take them on the money line. I'm not going to mess with uh, that run and a half jive. Um, I, I, I think the Braves escape with a 2-0 lead. But then... Because it's the anniversary of it, I wish, and you made a documentary about your 86 Metropolitan. Oh, Game 7. Do you know it's the anniversary of yes, Jesse Roscoe flinging that glove 
into the sky. It never came down. It's like uh, it's like when Roy Hobbs hit that baseball, it just kept floating through the sky. Yeah. Same thing. That that glove is is going to collide with Roy Hobbs baseball at some point. But muzzle tub to uh, all Metropolitans. I think on yeah, the last that, moment of glory. Long in ago. in the who was it? Greg Prince who mentioned it in our documentary. I think it was Greg Prince who says Roscoe throws the ball and uh, throws the glove in the air. And as far as the cameras are concerned, it never comes down. So, yeah, it's still up there. It's still up there for sure, <clears throat> along with me on uh, cloud nine after the Mets. Uh, that, that's going to be it for them, I think. <laughs> they came close in 2015, did not really come close against the Yankees in 2000. So that's going to be it. That's why it gets me mad with this Braves team. Like if the Mets had one or two more games lead in July, this Braves team didn't jump over 500 until August and they had made three big moves to get there. Uh, they wouldn't have made those moves, I think. I think they would have been sellers. But I'm going to be a curmudgeon here with this World Series stuff. This shift is ridiculous. I think we've discussed it before. And I think the Astros and Braves employ the shift more than anyone other than the Dodgers. And so now we're seeing, like, the first baseman sitting on the pretzel vendor's lap. It, it's not fun <laughs> to me. There are hard ground balls to right field where the guy's getting thrown out. I don't even know what I'm watching anymore. And you want to know why everybody's batting 218 in the league? Well, it's that. You guys have a problem with the shift? I think the shift should be limited. Like, I, want, I don't have a problem with it, like in, like, in general. But if you could do it maybe, like, one time an inning or, like, mm -hmm. one time per half inning or, like, you could only shift on like three people per uh, per uh, lineup. I'd be fine with that. But I agree with you. Like I can't stand it when I'm seeing a ball that should be a single that ends up getting caught. Like I don't. I don't care. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. It's not fun. Uh, and I don't love game in the game. Obviously, Belichick did that for 20 years. Although I guess uh, we we've now realized that the magic elixir actually now lives in the Tampa St. Pete area. So maybe he wasn't really all that uh, smart after all. Um, and I don't like what the New Jersey Devils did to the sport of hockey, and it continues to have its ill effects on it with their dumb trap. I, I, this one, though, I don't know. I'm on the fence. Why, why, are you, why are the hitters the, you know, the best handful of human beings on the planet Earth at hitting a baseball not capable of figuring out how to push it to the, to the other side of the field? Well, right? so, yeah, I mean, so that's there's got to be a response. So the announcers are talking about Altuve. Yeah, it's not softball where you could like time it and just go the opposite. Field. I know, but, but can't some you of bunt the it hard. Yeah, I mean, you can you can you can push a bunt hard in that direction. It's weird to me that people don't do that. I'm we're, I'm with that. I'm with you too. And the announcers were saying, you know, Altuve, who by the way, he's just got to get his shit together. He was, oh, I think, zero for four yesterday coming into the series. He was under two hundred for the playoffs. But the announcers like Jose Altuve is the kind of guy who could beat the shift, and he could beat the fact that he's been. Um, He's, his production has been low, and he could really turn it around. He just, like, ground it out right into the shift. Like, yeah, this is weird. You would think that take batting practice and try to figure out most of your batting practice should be going the other way, shouldn't it? I mean, it's like it, it, it's the, you know, uh, three results thing or two results thing. Either a It's the Roy Hobbs effect. Either you strike out or you hit a home run. And it feels like skippers and maybe the guys in the batter's box aren't willing to concede uh, a potential home run or extra base hit just to get on base. It's funny because it goes against mid-80s baseball. We talk about the Metropolitans in 86 who kind of disrupted uh, Whitey Herzog ball, that base-to-base kind of thing. But – 
if they, if you tried to shift against Whitey Herzog's Cardinals back in the mid '80s, they would have been they would have said, "Okay, we're just going to keep bunting it to you the open think. space out there. We're just going to go station to station." It's crazy to me right. that people just give up. The t- entire team's like, "Well, what do we? What do you want us to do?" I'm a home run hitter. Bunt the ball. You're, you're a world class athlete. Go There's to first base. Take the free base. There's no, got to be a fix. Yeah, that, all right. That, so like, so Shaquille O'Neal. Like, yeah. Shaquille O'Neal should have just shot threes. Like, I don't – like, no, if you're a home run hitter, just go hit home runs. Not, these guys aren't getting to the majors because they can lay down bunts. Like, I'm sorry, that's not the reason why the vast majority of hitters are getting to the major leagues. I, I understand why after you've never – not never, but have been rarely asked to lay down a bunt through high school and college because people want you to actually rake, or high school and then the minors because people want you to rake. And then you get to the majors, now you're being asked, hey, can you just play a little small ball because we're going to junk up the defense? I'm not even a bit. I'm not whatever with the bunt. It's fine. I don't expect these guys to bunt every time, but you're going to adjust. If you're in a slump, you're going to adjust your stance, right? You're going to adjust your hands placement on the bat. You're going to adjust a bunch of things. How about when you're giving you the entire side of an infield, adjust the weight, you know, just mm-hmm. wait on it. I, I, am I simplifying it too much? Like wait on it a, a half a beat and you're going to be able to hit it to the opposite field. You got, you're giving yourself more time to be uh, productive, I think. I don't know. I, I, obviously, they would have been doing this if uh, it wasn't the case. But I can't watch four and a half hour games with guys um, slamming it into the shift. Just it's not right. But one good thing is America won free tacos yesterday. Who was this? Taco Bell? Um, I don't want to. It was Taco Bell, right, Babyface? Ozzy Albies stole a base and it was steal a base, steal a taco promotion. And everybody in the country, I believe, gets a free taco now. And this is uh, great, but... Our obesity problem is never going to end because of this, because of things like this, right? I mean, you were a big man, Martin Weiss. You were 280 pounds, and that was because of free tacos, thanks to base dealers, wasn't it? No, see, I have a theory about things like this, events mm-hmm. such as these. I, my general concept about free things is I will not stand in line for a free <laughs> item that I would not pay for already. This okay. taco is not one that I would pe- stand in line to pay for, so it was not. I won't be. Uh, I won't be taking this. But like the gotcha. idea, I got this in college. Everybody, oh, they got free samples of, and it's free sample of something I don't even want. So just, just keep that in mind, America. Just because it's free does not mean you have to go get it. That's true. That's you're raging true. against the machine here, though, Marty Weiss. I agree with you completely. I refuse to do it. But if I've learned, I mean, one one of the Main things I've learned on the Big Blue Marble is people love free crap. Oh, yeah. People line up. They don't care what. Oh, it's a keychain? All right, mm-hmm. count me in. I want a free key. What do, we, do you need the dumb keychain for? I, it's, it's free. People love free crap. And, oh, do you have an extra one? Do you, do you, do you have, uh, can, can I get oh, one yeah. for, uh, for, the, um, for my other child? Like, what do they want the, the keychain for? It's, I, I'm with you, and yet uh, we're in the minority here, Marty. Listen, look how many people entered our stupid contest to win a hat. I mean, it's ridiculous. That, that's all it is. No, Astros minus 112. I would wait in line for the hat. <laughs> it's a toss-up tonight. Game two, Astros minus 12, minus 112, Braves minus 104. So bet that. Uh, Fandle.com slash extra points. Now, I will say, Sal and Marty, what is fun, whether you collect the, the booty or not, what's mm-hmm. great is when you're at a game. I mean, when I used to go to the Igloo Pittsburgh Penguins games, they would, um, when the set, when you scored the seventh goal, you got a free bowl of chili from Wendy's. 
And oh, uh, it was very exciting when you got the six. Not not because of the prize. It was because you were there for something special. Right. That's fun in the in the waning moments of a game when you're rooting for a guy. And for some reason, uh, Davey Hannon had a real knack. Light uh, light goal scorer, except when the chili was on the line. Davey Hannon would score the chili goal, and we'd go wild in the. Well, I think they stopped doing the. Hey, if this NBA team breaks a hundred points, we're going to get free whatevers, right? Because then, uh, depending on the situation, you know, if it was ninety-seven, uh, eighty-two with uh, with eighteen seconds left, and you got the, <laughs> the 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 team that's winning shooting a three, it it looked like bad sportsmanship and everything else, and coaches were getting mad, and it you know sent a, a whole different message. So I they, I think they kind of curtailed that in the NBA. Oh, I thought you were saying oh. that because of maybe legitimately because of win loss totals, or I mean that because yeah. of uh, over under totals. spreads, everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean it all factors in. But well, you know, um, a fan a fan went into the stands after Isaiah Thomas missed a free throw because. He didn't get the frosty because they didn't break, you know, X amount of points. It's a, a fan when it what did what did you say? If, a fan? It's a famous gif on Twitter. Right? If you go and like Isaiah Thomas saying he told me he just wanted a frosty because the fan came up and was like ran up in the stands and was talking all this stuff and he's like yo what is your problem? Hmm. He's like I just wanted a frosty man I'm sorry. Awesome. That's great. That's terrific. I got to look that up. Hey, as, while we're talking about food and we have like four minutes, can we do this in like four minutes before Ricky Williams comes on? Over and underrated candy. By the way, Harry just sent us a picture. He's outside Taco Bell, 9 a.m. He already, he's already there collecting. Um, over, most overrated, most underrated candy. Right now, we have Halloween coming up. It's already out. The, 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 uh, I can't, the basket of candy. I have to grab an Almond Joy. I have to grab a Mounds, which, by the way, I said on uh, Against the Lodge yesterday, most underrated, the coconut, the pure coconut. There you go. Dark chocolate, milk chocolate, whatever you want to do. Mounds, Almond Joy. Let's go underrated. Martin Weiss, most underrated candy. My most underrated candy is uh, is like the Milk Dud, honestly. Oh, no. I know. It's <laughs> it's like a class, but like I feel like it's grown out of style, grown out of popularity. I, I just recently watched Mad Men. They're eating Milk Duds in a movie theater in 1950-whatever-it-is, and I was just like, wow, that's crazy because, you know, with a glass of water, this really, this really, really does a lot of, this really does a lot of good for me. A Milk Dud in a glass of, well, you're going to break that glass anyway, but it's got the word dud in it, Martin. I, I don't think it could be rated uh Listen, hey, you asked me what my opinion was. I don't feel like I can be wrong here, first of yeah. all, but you need no, the glass wrong. of water because they are they are quite a bit sticky. See, that's the problem. They were made so long ago. They didn't have fillings back then for your teeth. You got to make sure you don't bust out the fillings when you go to the dentist. All right, I've check. had this problem before as a kid. Check. This is crazy. And by the way, you can be wrong. I think you are wrong. But check. You try to be right here. Most underrated candy. Well, there are a lot of different ways you can go on this one, obviously. Um, I'd like to celebrate Fun Dip, um, with Tosh, which taught uh, young Dave Damashek a sense of discipline. Um, Fun Dip, of course, the, four, the three packets of sugar, mm. only two of which taste good. You had the pink, representing cherry. You had the purple, which is grape, which isn't great, always the grape, because grape candy flavor is nothing like actual grapes, and it's a weird mystery that the flavor of grape candy mm -hmm. is universal, but it universally doesn't taste like actual grapes do. Anywho, then you had the lime, and the lime is crummy. Nobody wants it. And three packets of sugar, but only two of those vanilla sticks that are right. the utensil right. that you need to use the, to, to get that sweet sugar. So it would be very easy 
and you, uh, you know everybody makes this mistake the first few times around. You take that delicious vanilla stick and you try to just get through the lime, just power mm. through it so you can get. The, but often you waste an entire stick on just the lime. Now you have to make a go of the purple and the pink with, with just one, one stick. Mm-hmm. You learn lessons that you carry through the rest of your life. Ergo, thank you, Fun Dip, for teaching uh, society a lesson or two in the formative years. Most overrated. I kind of hear. By the way, hold on before before you go on there. Before you go on there, I had a. I and believe me, I did the math on the on the flavors and the sticks, and there's not enough sticks for the flavors, and so Mm -hmm. I would just lick two of my fingers and put it right in there into the third (laughs) thing, and just accumulate as much dust as I could on there, flavored dust. And uh, one, I, that's why I still have like half a middle finger because I bit it actually right off. Yeah, I think that's what Urban good. Meyer likes to do. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking of something different. No, something different. Um, different kind of fun dip. Okay. The, um, Over it. Either way, yes, that's good for you. And the other thing is too, if you're too aggressive, the other that mm. that that vanilla stick, it's made out of candy. It's it'll crack. You know, if you right. get too you get aggro with that thing, you're really in trouble. And your fingers, no uh, no problem. Not just because of your problem with cockpaw of having your hand down your pants out, anybody's hands. That's that that's yeah. a, that's a cheap uh, it's not replacement. Even a Halloween thing, and yeah. a spoon ain't good either. You need the vanilla stick or or you know, you're off the rails. So but Marty Weiss is right your about your question, we're not getting this done in four minutes. No, I know. Go we got about a minute and a half, but let, let's see. Let's see what else. Well, let's I mean, see we'll, if Ricky Williams has we'll some thoughts. I suspect yeah. given his uh, his interest in, in uh, recreational fun that he might have some thoughts on nice candies to eat. It's, the um, overrated is correct. Heath bar, scores bar, score bar. Who wants to have to deal with the potential of ripping out uh, uh, fillings from your teeth? That And that's a legitimate risk. Oh, I don't think Heath bar or that. No, I think you're confusing <laughs> it with something else. A Heath nah, bar? Isn't no, that what I'm thinking of? The one really. that's crunchy. Not really. I think it I'm breaks off lie. pretty easily, right? I don't even think a Heath Bar rates in 2021. Yeah, well, and who's rating? I don't even see and, like and the scores. Heath Bars. Yeah, Heath Bar, I don't even I don't even know. I couldn't tell you where to get one right now. All right. What's most overrated, Martin? <laughs> most overrated is like the Easter candies, like the peeps. The mm-hmm. marshmallow-based candies, mm-hmm. not for me. They're not yeah, for me. Right. Like even s'mores, just marshmallows in general, nah, it's not not a good go. Not bad, but not a Halloween candy. I see what you're saying, but yeah, specifically for the holiday, you would think it would be better uh, Easter candy if the Peeps is the the signature item. Same thing with candy corn. Uh, coach, the coach said it himself. Terrible. It's wax. It's flavored wax with autumn colors. Not not should be in a bowl as a, a decorative thing. Should not be. But I'm going to say this for underrated, the Hershey bar. Shaq, come on. Hmm. The Hershey bar is the best. That's it. Not going to get a fight out of me on that. Throw an almond in there or two. It's great. It's terrific. You've been to Hershey, Pennsylvania? I'm sure you have, right? Of course I have. The whole town smells like chocolate, literally. And it's very good. And I'm not a a milk chocolate advocate, as we've discussed before. I I like going pure. I like going dark chocolate. You Mm -hmm. go to the store these days and you see the the, 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 the 62%, the 73%. Not enough for Damashek. Take it all the way up. I like to go low 90 percentile with my dark chocolate and even then i still like a hershey bar over when we start talking s'mores give me the milk chocolate and the graham cracker you can hold the marshmallow i get it on candy corn Mm -hmm. it's fun to bellyache about it's nothing it's 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 unoffensive it has no flavor to it really the marshmallow Uh, that the marshmallow is the one 
that is the recurring sin. Yeah, I, but I, if you're burning it up in a s'mores type uh, campfire thing, it's terrific. What what's do it mean? do for you though? What, what's it? What's it add to anything? It's dangerous. It's, it's a passenger. You're, you're risking it's a passenger. your life making dessert. It's it's great. It's the best. Yeah, give me a whipped cream. I'll, I'll take a whipped cream over a mo- melted marshmallow any day. Interesting. The only negative I have to say, I have to push back a little bit on the Hershey bar because while I understand that it was one of the originals and, and early, I feel like since then we've all we've done is just add things to that base of chocolate, like like almonds or right. whatever they put in crunch bars to make them crunch, mm-hmm. or, or or peanuts or caramel or, or or whatever the other thing is in a uh, Snickers, all of those different things, and it just. Made it a little bit better. Hershey's Hershey's yeah. chocolate bars to me are like French fries. Like you can add a lot of different things to French fries and make it just a little bit better. Well, sure. If you like caramel and coconut, and I mean, they'll go mounds and almond joy. That's why I'm going. But yeah, if you would just want the basic, you would just want a nice bite. You get one bite of terrific chocolate. Hershey's. I'm, I'm like I'm doing an ad right now. No, you're doing a nice job with it, and it deserves celebration. But you also mentioned the other vexing thing about Mm -hmm. the mounds versus almond joy. If you enjoy an almond, as I do, along with your chocolate, but they only give it to you with the mounds. Why don't we put dark chocolate on the almond joy so I can have dark chocolate and coconut and the nut to go along with it, if you please? Why do I have to make a choice like that? Right. They should introduce that for sure. Yeah, or an almond joy without the almond. So it's just uh, it's just milk chocolate without. Right, they should have four options. Right, right. Dark yes. and nut, dark no nut, milk and nut, milk no nut. Now right? I have to say this too. If we're celebrating candies, I always have to. Uh, you know, I, I need just sixty seconds of runway here. All right, let's. I Ricky's wish to celebrate here, when so Sal and I were kids. Yeah, a candy called Starburst <laughs> made the scene. Yeah. Four flavors only. Only four flavors. Not like not a lot of wiggle room when you're only going with four flavors if you're Starburst. They went with strawberry. They went with orange. Little underrated flavor, by the way. Orange when you're talking fruit flavors. Lemon and lime. Four flavors, two of which are lemon and lime. A misstep. Nevertheless, Starburst takes Jerry. over. All the kids love it. But you know what they say back at the Starburst Lab? You know what? I think we can still get a little bit better. It's sort <laughs> of like being uh, a big market baseball team. You know what? We can add the, the high price free agent. Let's do it. And so they did. And they said, you know what? Starburst, good now. Even better when we purge lime and replace it with cherry. That's what they did. And the next stop was cloud nine for all of us. Thank all you, right. Starburst, Damn. for having the courage <laughs> to say, yes, we're a champion. But you know what? That's not good enough for us. We want to be a dynasty. And all so right. you are, Starburst. Speaking Puzzle of champions them. and dynasty, he's here. He's joining us. He's in the waiting room. I don't want to make him wait, right? He'll just walk away from all this candy talk. But we're no, gonna he probably wants to that. weigh in on it, I hope. All right, let's do it. All right, here he is. I'm excited to bring him in. Rushed for over 10,000 yards in his career. University of Texas legend, a Heisman winner, and the founder of Heisman, H-I-G-H-S-M-A-N. We're going to hear about that a lot. Ricky Williams is here. What's happening, Ricky? Hey, what's going on? Ricky, I hate to hit you with a gotcha question right off the bat, but it has to be done. And I hope you're not sensitive to this, but I need to ask, <laughs> what is the most overrated and underrated Halloween candy? Ooh, uh, underrated is is Snickers. I think Snickers is just a is just a classic. 
You okay. know, the, the combination of the, the chocolate and the peanuts, I, you know, I, I think it's a go-to, for at least for me. Frozen? Um, I just like regular. I like the, mm-hmm. the, the soft, nuggety, like that bite where you get the soft, but you get the hard peanuts, that combination. Right. I, I you just It's a classic. Okay. You, you, you can't beat it. And the most overrated. Uh, Be careful. Um, Three Musketeers. All right. Yeah, oh. that's good. That's it's a good too much one. Nugget. It's too, it's too it, but it's too chewy. I need the nuts. I yeah. need the nuts. I've heard this before, and they're they're advertised just about as much as each other. Snickers and Three Musketeers. And that said, you're right. Three Musketeers has some work to do. Do you remember the good old days with those Three Musketeer commercials? Yeah. Uh, right. We need, we need the to Three Musketeers. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah we got to put that together. I think Ricky. I, well, maybe the uh, maybe the commercials would help. Bring it back. All right, those are good answers. We said uh, we said Hershey. What did you say, Martin? You had Hershey. something. Yeah, Hershey is underrated. Yeah, I said it's my a classic. It's a yeah, classic. Exactly. Exactly. My most underrated was Milk Duds, and my most That's overrated kind of- was anything to do with marshmallows. Like anything uh, that has marshmallows uh, involved in it. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. Appreciate that, bro. Are there any? Are there any good marshmallow candy? Any? No. Uh, well. No. Well, Charleston Chew doesn't count as marshmallow, right? Because it's like hardened. But I did enjoy them for a while. Charleston Chews. Mm. Yeah, the big yeah. ones, too. The ones that could yeah. do damage. Uh, Ricky, I think you're just being nice to Martin. You will never have a Milk Dud again in your life. No, I you, like Milk Duds. You do? I like Milk Duds, yeah. Interesting. Remember the, sugar, the sugar daddies and the sugar babies? Right, They were right, so right. good, but they would get stuck in your teeth forever. Yeah. There's See? been a lot of ups and downs in man's recorded history, and I don't think we properly celebrate how lucky we all are to have been here on the Big Blue Marble when somebody decided, you know what? Dark chocolate tastes good. Salt tastes good. Let's mix them together. Who mm. decided to start putting salt on chocolate? I don't know, but I want to say thank you here and now to whoever did that, you know? Interesting. Ricky, I have a question for you. No, that's How it. About- I think that's it. I think we let him go after the chocolate stuff. <laughs> that's enough. That's You're right. Yeah. We've said it all already, Ricky. <laughs> hey, what do you think, though, about... I always I, do. You remember? You're you're maybe a little bit too young for this, but Rob Lowe got in a lot of trouble when he was at the height of his powers, acting wise. He got in a lot of trouble for making time with a couple of girls, and whoa, it was a big social. What the hell is this know, going? All right, yeah. well, it was all like, oh, the end of the world. Society, the, the end of society was nigh because Rob Lowe made time with a with a couple of girls, and in in hindsight, you're kind of like. That that was a big deal with all that's going on in the 21st century. How raw are you about like wh- that you were borderline demonized by a lot of people in pro football, in the media and otherwise for what in hindsight is kind of like that's what people were upset with Ricky Williams about? Yeah. Well, you know, the way I look at it, I try to see the, the whole picture is that there's there's so many things in the world that that need to change you know these are these these stupid archaic ideas and rules and it takes a scapegoat to to bring those things to light and i i think because of people like me um and my story it's it's caused people to take a second look and really and really say is is this right and it takes people like that in order for us to get to this point where we can look back and say that was really silly Did you think it would get to this point? Or were you like, oh, man, I'm on an island myself, and I'm just always going to be, as Dave said, demonized? Or did you think, oh, man, this is going to take 15, 20 years, and then everyone's going to be smoking, everyone's going to be talking about it, everyone's going to be growing it in their yard? 
or uh, you, know, you know, cannabis is one of those interesting things where the way we talk about it, we talk about it is a, is a very external thing. But when you actually consume it, it really sends you more internal. And so when I was going through all that, I was really on my own inner journey and I wasn't really worried about what was going on with with other people. But through my own inner journey, I, I realized this stuff is not bad. This is actually helping me understand myself and understand the world. And then I thought one day, I thought one day people were going to realize this. But when I studied and I studied the history of cannabis, this is kind of how it all started. People have been using cannabis for thousands of years to connect to other people and to connect to, to their environment. Yeah. And it's like when people first started driving like hybrids or fuel efficient cars and they looked a little weird and like a celebrity would drive one like, oh, what is that? What is this one doing? What is Julia Louis-Dreyfus doing? It's like, yeah, of course that makes sense. Why don't we want to save the environment? If marijuana helps you uh, think and helps you heal, why wouldn't you allow that too? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us about Heisman. Like I said, H-I-G-H-S-M-A-N. Yeah. It, it, as far as I can see, it's the intersection of sports and cannabis for which Almost all of my friends is their two favorite things. Exactly. And, and that's it. It's one of those things. And it's, you know, the, the deeper story behind Heisman is really about being yourself and being authentic. And, and what I realized back in 2004, when I retired after failing a drug test, and I started, you know, I was ashamed. I thought everyone is going to hate me. I'm a bad person. I threw everything away. But it was actually the opposite. I realized that I had so many more friends and I connected to so, so many more people. And I realized, how did this happen? And I realized people just lie. You know, because there's such a stigma and a taboo around cannabis, people just lie about their cannabis use. And mm -hmm. and hopefully Heisman is a brand to give people permission. You don't have to lie. And I think my hopefully my story shows that, you know, is that I was honest and I, I stuck true to myself. And in the end, we, we see and now people pay me to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like if you, you know, if you're true to yourself and you stick to your guns in the end, you know, things work out. And so Heisman is, you know, it's cannabis and sports um, because if we're being honest, right, they go so well together. And we're, we're trying to give people an excuse, a reason, a permission to celebrate that combination. By the so, way, you should, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. You should give up, a, well, we're talking Heisman, you should give out your Heisman trophy, H-I-G-H-S-M-A-N, to the athlete who is uh, the most productive athlete who's consumed the most marijuana. Have you considered this? Well, we've, I considered something similar, and, it, and you're, you're on track, because I tell people it's not about a trophy, it's really about being high. And so mm -hmm. if, if we're going to do a golf tournament, we call it a golf challenge, okay? And we've already started working on this. At each hole, you know, there's some kind of consumption method and you have to consume before you hit off the tee box. And it's competitive. So you want to get, you want to, it, again, it's about celebrating these two things coming together. You want to get your friends that you smoke and play golf with, the best ones, get together and see if you can win this challenge. And I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and, I, and I'm really looking forward to it. I love but it. you should, but the trophy don't move on so quickly. I mean, that would be a neat bong. You know, like kind of, uh, you know, make the hand kind of thing that, you know, this is but this is the beauty of it. And this, this is what's so fun about our meetings is this is the first time that we've we've been allowed. And I think I might be the only person that can do it, bringing sports and cannabis together. And it's a brand. And so, it, it, you know, there's a, there's merchandise, there's obviously cannabis products, but there's so many other things that we can brand. You know, the idea came during the pandemic. You know, one of one of the ways I, I make money on the side is signing memorabilia. Um, and ever since I retired, I, you know, I make about 50 K a year signing, signing a bunch of autographs. Well, the pandemic hit and, and right before the pandemic, someone asked me to write a cannabis inscription. So I wrote like smoke weed every day after I signed my name. 
and it just caught fire. And I made three times as much money over the past two years signing autographs because people were loving these cannabis inscriptions. Yeah. And I had a light bulb go off and saying, all these people aren't Ricky Williams fans. These are sports and cannabis fans who have had no way to combine the two. And even it's just a football helmet that says something about smoking and people are like, yeah. And so I realized that there is a need for this and people need a way to, to express their passions and, and, you know, who better to, to bring this brand to life than, than me. Yeah. So you, you said how sports and cannabis, they're a brand that two brands that go together and how also you mentioned earlier how uh, cannabis helped you connect with more and more people. And I've heard, you know, uh, Kyle Turley, former New Orleans Saint as well, talking. He's you, if you follow him on Twitter. You'll know he's all into the THC and the CBD. He's really a big proponent of it. Right. I'm wondering, like. In your time in New Orleans, I grew up a Saints fan from New Orleans, so I remember watching, you know, Channel 4, seeing the, the interviews with the helmets on. If you were able to smoke weed in that time, like, openly, how differently would it have been for you and, and like, some of your teammates? Well, it, that's a great question because, you know, to me, that question goes deeper than just than just cannabis. It goes really to being yourself. And, and I think there's this, this idea that in order to be successful in the world, you have to be someone different than yourself. And so for me, when I got in the NFL, I thought in my naive mind that once I made it to the NFL, that I could be myself. But once I got there, people, they just wanted to put me in another box. And so I, I think and so I felt that pressure to try to fit into that box, even though it wasn't me. And on top of that, all these rules were supposed to follow. And so it would have been great uh, beyond just being able to consume cannabis, just being able to be myself and being seen and appreciated as a human being, not just an entertainer. And, and that was my big gripe. With, with being a football player and being famous is I think if you're, if you're famous, you know, people, it only works if people can really truly connect to you and connect to your story and, and live vicariously through. If they put you on a pedestal and there's no connection to me that, you know, that's for the birds. Yeah. From, from where you sit now, if you can tell, do you feel like it's the same way? Like with the advent of social media and the ability for people to just like, if Kyrie Irving wants to say something to the people, he can just turn on Instagram and talk to whoever he wants to. Right. Do you feel like it's, it's the same way now? It's, it's changed, you know, but so back when I first got to Miami and this was before anyone was doing this is I started a blog called run Ricky run. And it was, it was me like struggling with my story is always told through someone else and people who don't get me, people who are not like me. And so it's never a, a real story. And so I started to tell my own story and because I saw this coming and I think it, it's, it's so much we it's so much more allowed for athletes to have a voice. Now I think the onus is on the athletes to actually to to use that voice. And I think what Kyrie is is doing is wonderful because he's standing up to the pressure to to kowtow to the to the man or to the system. And he's and he's affirming the right his right to be a, a human being with agency. And and you know, beyond just sports, I think racially, politically, I think that's important for all of us to to acknowledge that that we have free will and we can choose to do what we want to do to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Ricky, let me ask you uh, about the specific products. Tell us which ones you're, you're fond of, uh, uh, which ones uh, where they're available, which states are available. Is there, do you have like a, uh, a Snickers flavored strain of cannabis? How, how far do you take this? Well, we have a Skittles flavor. We oh, have a wow. We do have a Skittles flavor. Um, so again, we're a lifestyle brand, and right, and our our initial launch is merch is merch. So I'm wearing our um, our baseball tee, and it's great. I play softball here in LA, and we got our whole softball team wearing wearing Heisman gear, nice. and, and that's really what I'm most excited about is the is the merchandise. You know, and not only because it's my brand, but it's just cool to have your own stuff. You know, and ever since our whole team 
had handed out the merch, I think on average, the whole team has lost at least 10 pounds. So <laughs> this is the, <laughs> right? When you get new gear, you gotta, you gotta, right? You look good when you play good, right? When you play good, you play good when you look good. And so just the idea of being able to embody and wear something that I truly believe in and something that I stand up for is, is, is special. It's something that I didn't, I didn't expect. Um, and then on the cannabis side, we're, we're launching in California next week. Uh, in two weeks, we'll be in Oregon. And then the first week in December, we'll be in Nevada. Uh, and we're launching with eighth. So uh, eighth of an ounce uh, prepackaged flower. And we have, a, we have some interesting naming conventions. You know, one of them is instead of the traditional sativa indica hybrid, uh, we're really more talking about, again, using sports terminology. And so sativas, which are more mental, you know, they, they kind of get you up. We're calling that a pregame. And <laughs> hybrids are, are kind of in the middle. We're calling that halftime. And then indicas are, are great for recovery. And we're mm. calling that post postgame. Um, and so, again, it's, you know, we're, we're leaders in this combining sports and cannabis. So it's fun to be able to, to create in this. In, and then also invite the community to help us you know, create this, this new industry. Yeah, maybe you could you really... name one Ditka because I bet uh, he wouldn't like that. Uh, <laughs> well, was, so the, I mean, I don't, don't want to give away. I don't want to give away too many of our secrets, but no, our actual <laughs> cultivar, our actually strain names, are athlete inspired. So oh, that's great. Yeah, it's, Ooh, it's that'll fun. be fun. You Answer can get this. very. You know, I'm real quick, Dave. You can get really specific and uh, talk about like one strain can be named after diving for the pylon and fumbling as it hits it. Right? Like there's. Oh I, my I'm god, I'm good at that. That's like my. That's my signature move. That's your move. Okay. Yeah. So, for instance, I, you know, I, I could announce this name. Uh, we're, we're doing a collab with a, a great infused pre-roll company down in California called Jeter. And we're going to put out a, a pre-roll and it's going to be called the Sticky Ricky. Right. Sticky. Oh, nice. One of the one of the strains, one of the mixes will be Gorilla Glue. So just a hint uh -huh. of how we're how we're having fun with this. Uh, that's the most fun part of the process. Probably. Go ahead. Check, check. Exactly. Let's say you enjoy a little flower and uh, <laughs> what city do you want with, let's say, the next three hours are yours to go anywhere you want? Do you want to be in Austin to go out to eat? Do you want to be in Miami to go out to eat? Or do you want to be in New Orleans? Ooh. Which is the best food city after uh, a little bit of tree burning? Hmm. You know, because part of tree burning is not, it's not just the food. You know, what do they say about entheogens or psychedelics? Um, it's about set and setting. Sure. Um, and so and so I think the, the set and setting is, is definitely New Orleans because it's an ex, mm -hmm. it's an experience. You go out just to service. Right. You, you go out to eat and, and it's an experience, not just the taste, but the people around the conversations you overhear. It's, it's rich. Yeah, I'm with 34 on this one. It's a good one. All right. But 34, I will ask you a sports question here. Are you more bummed out about what's happened to the Dolphins or the University of Texas football wise? So, um, first of all, I'm not panicking over the University of Texas. You know, it's, it's funny from the outside, you know, you see broad strokes. People keep talking about Texas being back, but they're not. But when you're, you know, when you're when you have the magnifying glass and, you, and you're seeing, I can see the improvements and the fact that as a running back that we have a running back and we're committing to the run. And then if you look at, again, magnifying glass, if you look at the first half of the Oklahoma State game and the Oklahoma game, Texas played lights out football. They didn't finish. They didn't close it. So there, there needs to be improvement. But, but I like what Sark is doing, and I have a lot of, a lot of hope for the future. 
All right. I'm going to bring Scott Holmes in here. He's a huge, huge uh, Texas longhorn. I think he has a, a horn actually growing from his navel. Scott, you had a question. He's very nervous, so this could this could go uh, many different ways. Scott, ask Ricky a question. Oh, look at him. My God. Oh, yeah. Hey, Ricky. Hey, what's up? Good to he see you. He grew his beard to look exactly like you, Ricky. That's right. <laughs> Ricky, my uh, very first Texas game, I was on the field when you broke the record against A&M. Big game for me. And How you. was that your first game? Who did you, like, who did you know? Uh, I grew up in Amarillo, too far away. So that was the. How'd you the grow first up? How'd you get on the field? Like who? Uh, I had press passes. Impressive. <laughs> in the know. I know. Yeah, he, you wouldn't think looking at him, he has a has higher up connections, <laughs> but he actually did this one. Also, day. for your sticky Ricky, you should think about Spliff Arm. That could be a good name for the uh, mm. the joint. There you go. Okay, my question for you is: What would be your dream smoke session, dead or alive? Who would be the guys or girls that you would like to uh, have a session with? Okay, number one on the list, and I would say the main inspiration behind Heisman uh, is Bob Marley. A lot of people don't know, but he's a sure. time soccer fan and soccer player. He's a competitor, and his, his son, Rohan, uh, led the University of Miami in tackles in 1993, I think it was. So, um, yeah, so Bob Marley would definitely be there. Um, who else? He forgot Martin, the Luther, Martin Luther King, <laughs> right. he, he's he's a philosopher, so it would definitely be a philosophical conversation. Uh, who else? Um, who in sports would I would I like? Jim Brown would be there. I love Jim. Nice. Yeah, uh, he's he's seen a lot. He's been through a lot. He would be there. Let's see one more. Chad Pennington. Uh, no, he, he, he does not. He does not get the invitation. He didn't make Angela, it. Angela Davis and my Angela. And, and I think, yeah, that's nice. And that's is a that a list. pregame or postgame or halftime? What do we do there? <laughs> so that's pregame. That's pregame because I, I want it to be a heady kind of philosophical conversation. And, and a lot of times the pregame will get you. We'll get you chatting. We'll get you talking. We'll get you talking. Very good. Thank you. Hook them. There you go. That's a dream come true for uh, for young Scott Holmes. Well, Ricky, thanks for coming on. This is terrific. We learned a lot about uh, Heisman, your new company, your new product. Uh, we learned about Snickers. We learned about your favorite people who you'd want to smoke with. It's, uh, it's terrific. And this is going to, I don't have to tell you, this is going to take off uh, in a big, big way. Ricky Williams, thanks for coming on, pal. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. There you go. Ricky Williams, guys. What do you think, Martin? Martin, you didn't tell him about... Uh, he walked in a convenience store with the Ricky Williams dreads on and a hat. Because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, the, I didn't, wasn't a fan of Ricky Williams at the time that he played for the Saints. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to get into fun. it because I didn't want to like. Gotcha. It was a Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, I want to talk to him for another hour at least about like, for real, one thing that I probably, because, uh, because I'm not as nice a guy, if I knew uh, half the locker room was smoking, but I was the only one taking the slings and arrows. I'd be like, hey, dummies, yeah. do you know that half the guys seated around here are also smoking? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I would be outraged that I was the sacrificial lamb while everybody else was. Well, the, the problem with smoking pot and getting outraged is there's only a limit to your um, your outrage. Right. Like what is <laughs> right? Like, what am I angry about again? Yeah. After a couple of minutes, right? you guys. Oh, man, don't even get me started. <laughs> there you go. Ricky Williams. Well, that was terrific. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. Yes, and now let's give FanDuel some love. The NFL season's approaching the halfway point. 
Is it only halfway? <laughs> My God. FanDuel Sportsbook has a little something different to offer for the Sunday night matchup between Dallas and Minnesota. Now, Shaq Martin, I have to, I have to watch this game. I can't go trick-or-treating with this. Is a, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, for not going trick-or-treating, but I don't want to watch this game between neighbors' windows, right? So, sorry, kids. Uh, that's it. I got to stay home. And plus, FanDuel's given new customers 25 to 1 odds on any touchdown scored in the game. Of course, it's going to be a touchdown with CD and, 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 uh, and Amari Cooper. And you got, oh my God, Zeke. And on the other end, you got Jefferson, Cousins hitting Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. You can end the NFL Sunday night by winning $125 on a $5 bet. There'll be a touchdown in the first quarter. Are you kidding me? Do it. Vandal, same game parlays, uh, easy to use, safe and secure, fast payouts now accepting Venmo. Come on, we've really turned the corner here. Vandal, sports betting made simple, always hooking you up with great offers. And also, if you're new to Vandal, sign up with promo code extra points this week before the Sunday night matchup. You'll do it. $125 on a $5 bet. Use promo code extra points so they know I sent you. And if you're in Connecticut, great deal. FanDuel is live there, easy to use, easy to navigate the FanDuel Sportsbook app. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For confidential help in Michigan, the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, Ricky Williams. I'm still, I don't know about the Snickers. He was great. I don't know about the Snickers thing. Could it be underrated? It's got to be the most publicized and most, um, you know, advertised candy out there, isn't it? I mean, I didn't want to insult our guests. I know. Yes, of course. That's ridiculous. Snickers is underrated by what measure? I mean, you have to. Right. What mass candy is sold more than than Snickers? I don't know. But I was thinking you might jump right in and honor a Ricky by taking the Dolphins as your pup of the week. Damashek is red hot. you got to make up some ground here. Four out of the last six from Damashek. Dolphins plus 13 and a half up in Buffalo. No, thanks. One of many juicy... Rivalry-ish. That's not juicy. That's as uh, that's as juicy as a rock. Okay, that one's not juicy. But Carolina yeah. and Fal- and uh, Atlanta is usually mm-hmm. a pretty good one. The Steelers and Browns, of course. And the one that intrigues me is the one you mentioned there. Your boys in one of the two Twin Cities giving a point and a half. Well, Are you ready to a, issue right. a pick now on that? Uh, I'm not ready yet. No, okay. I'll wait till Friday for that. But yeah, that's not an underdog. You have been great. You picked Cincinnati over Baltimore, and that wasn't even a game. What a thrashing that was. Good job a by whipping, you. Whipping, right? Yeah. But I, I mean, that's a funny. That line kind of hits me as funny. But I guess the Vikings have been playing good ball. Their uh, their record is um, it kind of betrays the the how well ish they've kind of played so far. I think they're a team that has a real chance. At uh, that seventh wild card, that seventh uh, playoff spot in the NFC. I was looking at that. If you kind of go through it, I want to throw dirt on the Seahawks Mm -hmm. um, because I declared it before the season they were going to miss the. But the way it kind of tracks is like you're kind of alive. All these two win NFC teams are still kind of alive. And if you're the Giants, Eddie Spaghetti, you kind of have a shot at that. Listen. 
Two wins is enough right now. Look at who who is um, who are you going to throw dirt on in the NFC, especially if you get to play bum Washington and uh, you know the, 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 and and bum Eagles. What the Giants are two and five? They haven't had their bye, right? They're two and they five. They have not, right? All right. Spaghetti? So if they if they go to Kansas City Monday and lose like they should, they'll be two and six. Then you got no wiggle room. You got one. One or two I, games to play. Believe with. me, I'm I'm with you. I, I, it's laughable who's you know the, the, as we come yeah. up on the halfway point. But there are a lot of teams that sure. you can't just say, "Boy, they're junk and it's over." The Vikings are right there, especially if they can. The Vikings take to care make the bullets. playoffs. Yes, is plus one fifty two. I know you're in Harry's camp. Uh, you like that the Kirk Cousins thing, but plus one fifty two is not terrible for them. The Saints, I don't like Kirk as my starting think, quarterback, but they're been, but they're not the terrible team. We're going to go over this also on against odds. Go ahead. What are you saying? I'll just I'll say this about that that game with the Dallas Cowboys and Minnesota Vikings. You know, I like to lock in my bets a little bit earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. I've already got Minnesota in a mm. two team teaser. Okay. I'll just, I'll, just I'll, I'll really I'll uh, relay the other half of that teaser on Friday. But just know I've already got Minnesota in play. I like the Vikings. That gets you over seven, right? Getting seven points. What yeah, you get? Got- like eight, seven and a half, eight. Yeah, I teased it up. I actually teased it on Monday, so I got nine. All right. Oh, nice. All right, Spaghetti, 17-1, to 1, Giants to make the playoffs. You biting? I am not biting. I am doing anything but biting. <laughs> I mean, the real sad thing is, like, I know what Dave's getting at, but if they actually did beat the Falcons and uh, WFT, then we'd be more in a position to do that. And, unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't use Kadarius Tony enough. But there's just too many injuries now. Drill Preppers now after the season, a torn ACL. I mean, uh, the, the, the O-line's banged up. Like, think Daniel Jones has used um he had six different variations of uh starting offensive lines in front of him so far this season which is absolutely incredible so mm. it's just um it's really as bad as it gets i mean i don't see any magic of them beating the chiefs so no no playoffs with the giants sam darnold saw ghosts again at metlife stadium and it just there was just no getting around it and then you got pj walker it's like all right you're not even i don't know Shaq. i don't know about this quarterback saturation thing i think you should uh, you should change it <laughs> change it to We've the top fifteen quarterbacks have never been better. I could jump on. I could buy that. But I we week to week still see garbage, garbage, garbage in a lot of these games. I, I mean, it extends as far as thirty-two human beings in line to be starting quarterbacks. Once you start dig, digging in on the backups, I mean, Case Keenum was a starting quarterback five years ago for a division champion Vikings team. So yeah. now he's a backup. Scored seven points. Yeah. I'm with you. Right, but right, Jalen Hurts shouldn't be a starting quarterback right now. Yeah, I don't know. Top, say top fifteen, top twenty best. I, I, I'm with you. If on you that. Christian ponder, I mean Jake Locker, these were a decade ago, guys. Jalen Hurts is significantly better than those two guys who were drafted high in the first round. He's we don't need to go faster. down this rabbit hole. Anyway, he is faster, more versatile for sure. All right, Packers uh, at the Cardinals, six and a half and 50 and a half. Has this moved? I think that's the line right now. Uh, uh, this was going to be a good game. It might still be a good game, but not tracking to. Six and a half, 50 and a half. It went up. I've not seen a position player other than a quarterback drive a lineup as much as Devontae Adams' absence with COVID has done. This was three, three and a half. It went to six and a half. Now, Alan Lazard uh, also on the close contact list because he's unvaccinated. Good job by you. Um, and so he's out. So, you know, I mean, we got Valdez, Scantling. I mean, I don't know what what Aaron Rodgers has to throw to. And a defensive coach, Joe Barry, gets COVID. I can't give this because I need to start a new streak on Fox Thursday Night Football 
Martin, what's your pick here? Packers at Arizona, six and a half. I don't know if it drives to over seven. You got to start thinking about the Packers. Maybe you're thinking about them already. I'm thinking about them already. Um, first of all, Packers six and zero without Devontae Adams, right now. Mm-hmm. And I just forgive me. I just think you know Lazard is just a replacement level wide receiver. I feel like you you can get him. You can get a Greg Lazard or Alan Lazard. I don't remember his first name actually. Wherever I think <laughs> I was a high school with Greg Lazard. Yeah, but anyway, primetime favorites are seven and fourteen against the spread this year. So mm. I'm like these numbers, and I've been on the wrong side of too many of these primetime favorites. So I'm going to go – I was leaning the Packers anyway. I remember Aaron Rodgers' his last Thursday night game, or at least the last Thursday night game I remember him playing, was against the Eagles, and he just came down. It came down to the last play. This is going to be a last play type of game. Mm. Like, I just – I see this. I don't see Arizona running away with this by any stretch. So, I, like, give me – if you're going to give me six points, I'll take that. But all right. Also, I like Randall Cobb anytime touchdown. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, that would be one of the... Somebody's got to score. Two guys he's throwing to. Shaq, I, I noticed, and maybe this is a thing just for, for that I've noticed, but the good teams, if you dig in too much and if there are too many obvious uh, conditions thrown at you to go against them, in other words, the Chiefs, when were they going to get better if not for against Tennessee on a short week when four out of seven D-backs were out? Um, Patrick Mahomes could just name his score and he named it, and the score was three. Like, I don't know. Does this seem too obvious? Arizona, we need some respect. We're undefeated. We're playing at home. Uh, Rodgers has no one to throw to. The defensive coach, Joe Barry, being out, uh, it could be as big a factor as anything um, right now. But which way are you going? I'm going with the Packers for exactly what you just said, Sal. Mm -hmm. I like the, um, you know, I was on uh, I was on a mini heater. I like somewhere between two to five games. I know we love to do the uh, the extra points arcade, get in there and mm-hmm. play against us. But I think it's really about isolating a few picks that you love. I was I had a, a, a undefeated little run early on Sunday, and then I thought when I saw the Darren Waller is out news, I said let's add the Eagles here because that's going to limit thing. what the Raiders are going to be able to do there. To your point. Um, Aaron Rodgers are overcoming. It is funny to consider Aaron Rodgers better be awfully disciplined in the post game if they lose because he has nobody to throw to. That'll be the moment for him because then they'll probably lose a realistic shot at the number one seed. That's what this game kind of does. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy to say, well, the Cardinals are, are, you know, they have to go three and seven here the rest of the way to get to double-digit wins. Ergo, they're vi- very likely in the playoffs as we sit here right now. So you figure the Packers are a little hungrier. But both teams, if they're paying attention to things, number one seed in the NFC sure. is in play here to some degree. The If the Packers lose, as I say, they're probably out of it. Um, I was looking at the Cardinals. They're middle of the pack in run defense. It' uh, pretty uh, rudimentary to think that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is what the Packers are going to try to do to the Cardinals here. I think that they're able to hang with them enough right. uh, uh, to bottom line to give me the Packers and the points down in Arizona. Yeah, you know, I was talking about Spaghetti's team, the Giants. If they were to lose to the Chiefs this Monday night, now they're at six losses and not a lot of wiggle room for the rest of the next couple months there. Arizona on the flip side, how about this? If they win Thursday night, they have eight wins. They're probably one win away from making the playoffs in the NFC. I think that's a nine and eight get you. How about that? Before Halloween even, Arizona will be probably a game out uh, from winning if you like them 
to win. I will give my pick Thursday night. I mean, major injury notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, that obviously that's always true in, in football. But the Cardinals are in the playoffs. Get used to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah I'm just saying, like, almost officially in. Like, almost. Sure. Oh. Like, it's just crazy that they're right almost there. I mean, I, By I the way, the yeah. I have to throw in. The Vikings are, uh, because I floated, the Vikings are right there in contention, whether mm. you think they deserve to be or not. It's still going to be the Niners. They're going to get right against the Bears this week, and then they then they won't look Well, back. that's but, another thing. Yeah, Nagy might not be. I mean, not that that's, I mean, that's a good move by Nagy. When you lose, you know, by four touchdowns, just announce you have COVID. I need a week off. <laughs> this, this is going to be my <laughs> bye week. Yeah, I, I know this isn't against all odds, but I just have one. Well, you brought you brought the game up, so I just I don't understand how the Chiefs are supposed to be ten point favorites over anybody in the NFL right now. Well, I think the idea is that no one's taking the Giants plus seven, so you got to make it ten, right? What well, what do you make what do you make that line? I mean, I I don't know. If I've, I just to me, I I don't want to bet on the Giants because I've mm-hmm. I've been burned by them twice this year already. But I just I don't understand. Like when I watch the Chiefs play the last two uh, the last two weeks, I don't see a team that is demonstrably better than the New York Giants. All right, then bet you should bet eight thousand dollars on the Giants. <laughs> so, I don't know I what you're talking about. Yeah, you're gonna get it if you do that. If you're gonna put it all on the, I, I'll, I'll give everyone a raise if they're gonna blow it gambling. No problem there. Shaq, you alerted us to the Chiefs schedule before everybody else, and how hard it gets, and it gets difficult after this. They have the Packers, I think. They have the Cowboys, they have the Raiders twice. They still have the Chargers out there. Those first four few I mentioned are immediate. Um, so they must have this. And I'm kind of with, I saw Mina Kimes taking a beating about their offense, and Jeff Schwartz defends it too. It's like, I know this is a big if, but as a, or a big what if they didn't, but if they didn't turn the ball over as much, their offense is... <laughs> I know it's stupid. I know. Turnovers just kill you for the game. You're not going to do it. But in terms of um, uh, you know, creating more drives, creating more first downs, all those metrics, the Chiefs are right up there. I know they're not running the ball. I don't know what the story is. If there's a lot of distractions, you know, Mahomes with the baby and the brother and the mother, there's a lot going on at home. Obviously, Andy Reid with the concerns about his son. Um, the defense all got paid, right? Tyreek Hill, uh, I'm not sure what his story is, but uh, there might be a lot more to it. But I'm not throwing dirt, as you say, on the Chiefs just yet. Can't do it. Of course not. Listen, Seth, yeah. first of all, I mean, we, there's some nuance that allows for you to have a, a range of opinions on one pro football team in one season. And the Chiefs are struggling, and I love, you know, Jeff Schwartz and Mina Kimes defending the Chiefs, and, and, and at least one of those two people is smarter than I am. Um, uh, one of them has a podcast that claims as much. One yeah. of them is actually smarter than I am. But uh, either way, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah the, the, the Thanksgiving turkey was delicious, aside from the salmonella. It's the same thing. I love when people do that mm. thing about offenses. Like, if it weren't for the turnovers, if it weren't for the terrible interceptions, this would be this this offense would be a problem. I know, but so, some of those, tur- they're not terrible interceptions. They're tip passes and stuff that may go the other way, you know, if they were to play. I completely get it, yeah. of course. And I it's not like I think the Chiefs are some bum team that is going right. to miss the playoffs. I, uh, that's getting exaggerated from Jeff Schwartz and mm-hmm. others that I'm a Chiefs hater. I just think the Chargers are better than they are, and so far they have proven me right on that. The Chiefs are going to be in the playoffs. No one wants going to. No one's. You want that as your wild card draw? Is them no. coming? Patrick Mahomes coming to town in the wild card round? No That'll way. be terrifying. Obviously, 
Um, the point still stands, though, that it is not coincidence that even if Patrick Mahomes is only taking up $7.5 million at the cap this year, it does compromise, not next year, when it kicks up to $35 million. It's already a problem because it meant that the Chiefs couldn't address issues that they wanted to address because he's a, under a long-term deal. Who, who's get, who are you signing to one-term or to one-year 2021 contracts? You sign guys because you guarantee them a certain amount of money over three to five years. So... They're well, they, they're they, as I as, as I've said now for 18 months the best roster Patrick Mahomes will ever play on is already in the rearview mirror and it's going to get worse next sure. year too yeah for sure unless like you guys talked about what there, there's a special deal for Patrick Mahomes I don't know he owns like a, a whole chain of Kansas City barbecues that goes off to the side and that's how he's paid or things like that but they did why doesn't that happen more their, though for real just, don't you think that that I, I would think happen it does a happen. lot more. I think it does happen. I don't think. I just don't think we know about it. It's going to be a big. I think TB twelve is the thing, right? For sure. I think TB twelve is he makes his money. Has always made his money off of that, and it's like what a good guy, team friendly deal. Yeah, he's also making a fortune by right. filtering his teammates through his facility. Right. Sure. Like the, the turnovers with the Kansas City offense. I don't. I don't. I feel like it's a feature, not a bug. Like they're going to they. Patrick Mahomes has had the best turnover luck anecdotally that I've ever seen in mm-hmm. his first two years, his first two years starting. Like, people were dropping interceptions that were hitting him in the face mask, it felt like. Now, he can't catch a break. But it's all a result of the the amount of times that Kansas City puts the ball at risk because they can't run the ball. But, mm-hmm. like, the Chiefs' offense to me, the, the idea that they didn't score a touchdown last week is alarming, Sure. But if you were to look at a unit on this team that has struggled since it since ever, since the Chiefs have been the Chiefs that we talk about in this way, it's the defense. And I just think it's surprising to me that Steve Spagnolo, who consistently, not more like more than twice, has coached the worst defense in the league, including one time when he was coaching in New Orleans, the worst defense in league history, continues to get jobs. And, and, and like I just I yeah. just you know, I you know, maybe maybe there's something wrong there. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. And they and they paid all their guys on defense, and it's like, hey, we're not going to on paper, we're not going to get better than this. So you have to get better, or you gotta you gotta get out. But yeah, they like the last couple weeks, they're turning it over in their own end, and that leads to easy scores. And in their defense, they score quickly, more quickly than most other teams, which is going to put. Some they don't have on the defense. a defense, Sal. That's what Marty Weiss oh, is I telling see. you. They I don't have you. one. There's no defense. The good news them. is that Marty Weiss, uh, with that, he's, he's now taking his bet on the Giants up to sixteen thousand dollars. Right? Ooh. I mean, Do it, you have said nothing good that would make you go with the Chiefs here, <laughs> laying ten. Go ahead, go big blue. I'll say. I'm with say. you. I, I, if you. If you think the Giants are going to score twenty-seven, that's a pretty good bet. Well, I'm I'll just say, I, haven't, not I have not, I've yet to reveal the other half of okay. my Vikings oh. teaser. It might be, it just oh, might be the Giants. Oh, you don't know, it's tune on Friday to find out. He's putting dimes in a teaser. Hey, one more thing I want to go over before we sign off, and I think this is going to be my emotional hedge bet. Uh, FanDuel has Comeback Player of the Year awards, and Dak Prescott, heard of him, favored at minus 300. Um, obviously, I think should be, came back from an injury, a lot of the guys on the list did not come back for injuries. Like Carson Wentz is interesting at 20 to 1, but uh, didn't come back from an injury, right? Joe Burrow, second at 6 to 1. Now, everyone's in love with this Bengals team. And when they don't protect Joe Burrow, he's an injury waiting to happen, too. But I think this is going to be my bet. 
if if Dak gets hurt, not obviously they're, they're a little weird about this calf injury and whether he's going to play. It probably will play. Um, having you know had the buy on his side, but I, I worry about Dak just in general and his luck and everything else. I think I'm going Joe Burrow six to one. Ooh, Does anyone emotional else hedge. Um, emotional hedge? And I think that's a good number. I really do think either way it could be. You know, Burrow could put up numbers that are. Yeah, I don't know if they go 12 and five and Dallas is 12 and five and have similar numbers, even if Dak survives the season, isn't Joe Burrow at six to one a good number? Well, the guy broke his leg in horrific fashion on national TV. Yeah. I feel like it'll be Dak. It's a, it's a, I appreciate where you're coming from on that one, though. Joe I, Burrow I had a bad injury, too. I'm a, yeah, I'm not saying it's not I guess just Joe a, Burrow just walked out of last year just all fine and dandy, right? <laughs> I actually. Well, you know, only one guy's going to get it, Marty Weiss. But yeah. I mean, Same thing as picking I mean, the oh, Giants I, and Chiefs I, game, I guess friend. Joe Burrow just walked off the field after he got hurt in a seizing end of the injury. I'm just saying, yeah. you're making it seem like Dak was, you know, rushed to the hospital like Joe Burrow was it. My point is the ship has sailed if you like Dak Prescott to, to bet this right? One, because it's minus 300. So Burrow, we love what we've seen, right? Jamar Chase is going to give him all the numbers he needs to get this award. I think Dak still gets it over Burrow if he survives the season, but six to one, I think. Is, is there anyone else on this list? Are you guys looking? Um, Nick Bosa is 20 to one. Jameis is 17 to one. Interesting. I don't think, I don't think enough there. I got Jameis would have uh, been a good pick a year uh, uh, in, in the preseason was a is an interesting name. He's just not. Uh, I got it. In, I got it in the preseason when he was yeah, Mike, an interesting name. Michael Thomas comes back soon, right? But I'm just yep. saying, I'm just saying, Michael Thomas comes back soon. Dax calf and Joe Burrow's got a little offensive line. You were just talking about if one of these guys gets hurt. There Martin Weiss is just saying, just remember, he's just saying <laughs> and honestly. And I'm not going to lie. So we've got those three going for him. And Martin Greg Weiss Lazard went to school saying. with him. I like Greg it. Lazard in, in is <laughs> apparently starting for Alan Lazard in uh, Arizona. Shout out to uh, to Greg Lazard, uh, high school um, <laughs> classmate of uh, Martin Weiss. All right, look, I want to talk Pitt Panthers and, and the Steelers and everything. We're going to save that for Friday. We're doing it, check. Because we've gone too long. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. All oh, you loyal sons. And listen, am I taking Pitt? No, it's giving all right. points We're going to save it. Just save it. I will save it because I'm celebrating now, Sal, because okay. I, I'm not worried about Saturday. I'm just enjoying I told you, it's a journey. It's a, Are they going to beat the Canes for sure? No. I Listen, I'm mm-hmm. set up to for the disappointment of that. All I've right. been through it before. We're going to talk Friday. They beat Clemson. There's a lot of good numbers, a lot of good ways to bet the Pitt Panthers. To bet, I don't know, I'm not going to give it away. To make the playoffs, they're not out of it. There is a path for them to do it. You are going to discuss it with uh, Kevin Hench on minus three, Lemon Pepper Parlay, Martin Weiss, and TJ Hushmanzada, the AAO against all odds crew, the Jenner Trifecta, and I will go over the Thursday night game and the Friday games and the Saturday games and the Sunday games. Making fun of sports, that's fun. Check the Megans out on the money grab feed and spaghetti and Jen Piacenti do waiver wired our fantasy special, our fantasy podcast. And just a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please, please remember you're all my favorites. (laughs) 